And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Woke up this morning. I was pretty fired the up. volume's picking up a little bit. This is what you've done. This is where you can grow. I thought today you had a really good day. Is he making better decisions and better throws? I'm excited about the guys that are here. Hey, I thought he spun the ball well. There's a really good vibe right now, and, and it's uh, it's fun. It's Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. I would be honored if you played football for this team. The football gods are always on the bear's shoulder. Go Bears! Boy, that escalated quickly. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. Are there any signs that there's a bigger issue of disrespect? Is Jordan Love bad? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's clear to me that they're going to make him earn that left tackle spot. There's some good signs there. It's okay to be excited. It's The Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. And we are underway. What's up? Welcome in. A Friday edition of Hogue and Johns as we push things back a day with a Monday nighter, uh, which at this point we assume will still get played. Bears, I don't know who they're going to throw out there. You know, it might be the replacements. I, I you know, Keanu Reeves. Might be, I, you got to find it might be you, might be me. Um, you know, I think you've cleared COVID protocols at this point. I can go. A lot of Bears good to go. Did you start this whole thing? Like, have we ruled that out? <laughs> I have not been in Alice Hall in like three or four weeks. So <laughs> um, I'm not going to swear at you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah. I prom- that's, there's no possible Bam way. Finley that Finley sent me the same joke last night. Did he? Yeah, no, via see, text. It's not that yeah, original. original. As usual with me, not that original. Uh, welcome in. Adam Hogue. Adam Johns here with you. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, I am at, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. He's at, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Got a lot to get to here. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. You can watch us if you so please. I had to uh, wear the Wisconsin sweatshirt today, Johnsy, because the Badgers women's volleyball team uh, kicked ass last night in the Final Four and beat Louisville. I have to say, I cannot claim that I have watched a lot of volleyball. I used to actually play volleyball. People don't know that about me. Um, I haven't watched a ton of it. That was incredibly intense. Women's volleyball, one of the first sports I covered in my sports writing career. 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 There we go. Career. 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 Um, was the Elite Eight in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Was which was women's oh. volleyball. Uh, Hawaii was there. Stanford was there. Wisconsin was there blanking on the other team but yeah it's it's intense well this was on during the thursday night game which was one of the better nfl games we've had all season chargers chiefs uh thankfully it was during the first half but i flipped over to the badger game and i could not flip off it and my wife was really into it james was really into it it was intense yeah so it was fun yeah the 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 hops the the leaping ability of them is it's it's immensely impressive and the velocity of the spikes oh they covered it man yeah that's how my career started they have a six nine freshman from manitoba whoa six nine manitoba yes yeah, from canada, canada. 
Oh, they're getting it done in the recruiting world there, those Wisconsin Badgers and volleyball. Yeah, wow. It's impressive. So uh, we'll see what happens. National championship game Saturday night. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to give them a quick shout-out. Uh, I also have to give myself a quick shout-out, Johnsy, because I don't know if you saw my tweet this morning, but I had the greatest athletic achievement of my life happen, and nobody saw it. So you're telling me you weren't good at volleyball, but continue. Well, yes. I mean, look, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not claiming All to be those a, basketball videos you take of yourself. There's, there's a reason I have a microphone in front of me and not, you know, I'm not on any type of actual athletic court or field uh, getting paid to do that. All right. So uh, it comes down to I'm drinking. Uh, I, I, I tend to wake up and just do a quick uh, espresso deal these days. Um, and I was walking over to put the little cup under the thing. And I just flat out dropped like it just I was half asleep and it bam went right out of my hand and it was headed straight towards the tile flooring in the kitchen was going to shatter in a million pieces. And somehow I have no idea why or how I reacted this way. I kicked my foot out, popped it back up in the air and caught it. You cheered. And that's the greatest. And, and, and you cheered yourself on. No, I immediately got mad because nobody was there was there to see it. <laughs> Even the baby was in the other room. You want to know so, my greatest athletic accomplishment? You'll, you'll appreciate I do. That's this. actually why I want to bring this up. This is actually a very fun conversation to have. Boars and Bernstein used to do a whole segment on this every once in a while. You would appreciate this. This is my high school career. We were actually playing Carmel. Okay. Where you coach now. And I was the starting cornerback of the varsity team at Notre Dame. And our linebacker, little number five, forced a fumble. And I picked it up and returned it 67 yards for a touchdown in some sloppy mud in a, kind of a defensive stalemate of a game. But that was the highlight of my high school career and probably the, the pinnacle of my athletic accomplishments. <laughs> Wait, so you were the starting cornerback? Corner, yes. Okay, I, was, I thought you said quarterback at first. I was like, wait a minute, I did not know that. That was freshman and sophomore year in high school. Yes. Right. And then you got benched. Yes, for defense. Yeah, but you were outcat. Okay, you were pretty good. We'll give you that. So Carmel must have probably used to have just a sloppy field. No, this was everybody. at Notre Dame. Notre Dame used to oh. have. That's when everybody used to have the the real turf. Right. All oh, games would be messy, sloppy, oh, slippery, mud. That was a mud fest. Like, oh, we played one of those. We, we we had one game on grass this year, and of course it was raining. Yeah. And, and it just was a mud pit. I don't know how they do that. Yeah. So Carmel used to run the the triple option back then. So yeah. like a cornerback, your 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 responsibility is the pitch man. And I remember riding the pitch man out of bounds. But then I tripped and I slid literally through our bench, like into the actual bench. Like guys were jumping over me because of how sloppy and muddy it was. And I had to take off my gloves. It was it was actually a lot of fun, I should say. The good uh, old days. That was that was what I would call a real athletic achievement. <laughs> Mine was not so much real. I mean, it happened, but it, it's not really the deal. But uh, I do love this conversation. So if some of our listeners have uh, examples from their lives, tweet feel us. free to tweet us because I love them. Uh, all right. Whoa, this... Uh, <laughs> when I finally laid this out last night, I caught up. Okay, who's on the COVID list? Who's just sick? Who's who's injured? Um, right, the, the random illness like throws a wrinkle in all this. It's got to be like oh, the yeah. flu, some type of bad cold or something. Oh, he's putting on his glasses, everybody. Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, to actually read all this. So, uh, 
comes out to 29 players and three coordinators uh, between the COVID list, the uh, other illness that that's all we know what it is, other illness that has uh, taken over Hallis Hall and injuries. Um, So and that includes 14 starters. Not good. Right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen starters. Uh, five of those are injuries among the starters. But one, two, five starters on the COVID list. And you got to think that guys on the COVID list most likely will not play uh, Monday. Although the NFL did adjust this yesterday. Yeah. So it, it all depends if they're symptomatic or not. Right. So if you. I, I got to be full disclosure, have not had time to really go through at this point what the NFL changed yesterday, but I know that they adjusted. Um, I, the teams were getting, I know this for a fact, teams were getting frustrated with the fact that they would have asymptomatic guys um, who you know felt fine and just couldn't pass that COVID test. Uh, but I'm a little confused. You, you still got to make sure they're not contagious anymore. So I don't know. I, I don't know what can change here, but there's a good chance the Bears are going to be without Allen Robinson, Eddie Jackson, Larry Borum, Artie Burns, and Eddie Goldman. Five starters. Five. Starters. At least those those guys are in serious doubt now. Cole Komet, David Montgomery, James Daniels, Tevin Jenkins. Those are the four players who are under other illness now. As we record this on Friday morning, we don't have any new information. Um, but given the amount of guys that got placed on the COVID list yesterday, I mean, you got to hope that this. Are there going to be more today? Yeah, possible. Yeah. Well, that, that, that is a thing. Um, tests come back differently days later. We know that. You and I have experienced that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we have. So this is a lot. I mean, Wrap uh, Justin Fields up in Kirk Cousins' plexiglass or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure he's good to go Monday night. But at the same time, you got to be worried about the fact that um, Jason Peters is out. We already kind of knew that was going to be. I mean, he's not for sure out, but he has a high ankle sprain with you know 350-pound man on a bum ankle. Yeah. Probably not, not going to play. Um, and these are. You know, even at a minimum, these are important reps. Like if Tevin Jenkins can't play, or Larry Borum, who's on the COVID list, can't play, like these are missed reps for these guys. Now, my concern, like I have a few concerns here. Like, for like another thought here is, and who's like calling the plays for? Yeah, literally all three phases of this game. I, I know. Again, we're, ta- we're we're talking at nine forty-two in the morning on Friday. We're going to talk to Chris Tabor, Sean Desai, and Bill Lazor over Zoom here. Uh, later today, so theoretically, maybe they could be back by Monday. But you know, I'm surprised you haven't hit the John Fox soundbite yet because Matt Nagy literally is coordinating all three. You know, I'm not an office coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator. But I coordinate all three. Like that's a problem for me. It's a problem for that, me. That's going to be Matt Nagy this week. And like the most important thing of this is, is like, how are they going to protect Justin Fields? Like the guy already has. What three fractured ribs? Did not look comfortable the the entire game against the Packers. Made some good throws. 
ran a lot, didn't look comfortable, and here he is missing, what, three starters up front, potentially his play caller, going against the, the, the Vikings who tend to confuse and blitz not only rookie quarterbacks, but all quarterbacks. Like, this is a problem. Yeah. Like, Justin Fields' health is at risk here a little bit. Uh, you I mean you saw the beating he took last week um, with the ribs. Even I, with I, all I, these guys, he got sacked nine times against the Browns. And he came out of the game with a left-hand injury. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's concerning. And um, I don't know. Maybe these coordinators will be able to get – at least the Bears play Monday and not Sunday. It gives them an extra day. It does. Uh, if – I don't understand why Nagy didn't want to go into this because everyone gets so crazy about it. But, it, I mean, if Laser's not there, you have to think Nagy's calling the plays. Yeah. I don't think he's going to hand it off to anybody else. Um, or maybe – I don't know. And Maybe at this point because everything's – Maybe just let Flip do it. For no, a no, game. no, no, help him if, out. If, if I don't I'm know. at Nagy, I say f it. I'm going out in my ways. This is my. This is the opportunity I needed. I'm calling the plays, not only against the Vikings, but for the rest of the season. I'm surprised he hasn't done that already. Yeah, true. Uh, Sean Desai. It's interesting here. Talk about Mike Pettin yesterday. Of course, it was asked, like he was brought up. It's not like Nagy brought it up on his own. And he's not going to say anything bad about Mike Pettin, but maybe, I don't know, maybe Mike Pettin, because he has experience, calls the plays. Um, Chris Tabor. I mean, I'll come down for the press box. There you go. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> no, you don't have to. Yeah, uh, he does run the, the special teams from the sideline. Um Yeah. You kind of have to. As yeah, you do. Yeah, you There's do. There's too yeah, much. Yeah, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. You, well, you have more time in between series to talk to your guys yeah, yeah. and like cuddle. Your actually, your yeah, I don't think I've ever together. seen a special teams coordinator in the booth. I don't know. Oh. I was, don't know. No, don't and know they always kind of where they have the title or not. They always sort of are the assistant head coach. I mean, in terms of helping with clock management and like, you just have to be aware of the whole game because every change of possession. Or every third, every time you get to third down, you have the punt team ready, right? You, I mean, it's just you—you you always have to be aware, and there's just too many moving pieces to be up in a booth. Yeah. Uh, so, but can, can hey, I, that's a. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, continue. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, not good, and it seems like a very fluid situation. I'm, I'm very curious to hear today. Uh, who else is out? Do any of these other illnesses turn into actual COVID? Yeah. Can, can I Who's actually like, got symptoms? Like I want to, I, I feel like at this point I want to give like Sean Desai like a big pat in the back because like he's a big had, hug. Yeah, Just give him a he, hug. he's had a <laughs> like in his first year's defensive coordinator. The 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 amount of stuff he's had to deal with. Oh my, yeah. The the, the injuries. It's just not like the amount of them. It's who, right? Like Roquan Smith was limited in practice yesterday. It looks like he's gonna tough it out and play again. He's having an outstanding year, but like he's dealing with a hamstring. Like Eddie Jackson now is on the COVID list and he's been out a couple times this year. Deshaun Gibson's been out, you know? Well, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, just losing those two guys alone. Yeah, Eddie Goldman's not himself. No, right? that's just a weird situation. He started, because yeah. I wrote a story about him like a month ago. He start, he had like back-to-back games where he started to look like himself and then it just fell apart again. Now he's back on the COVID-19 list for the second time this year. Yeah. Which you know, at this I, point I, has to frustrate you, right? The guy, the guy sits out last year, which 
at that point, you're not really going to blame anyone for making that decision at that point. But it's still a decision he made. So then to come back, not get vaccinated after that, and then immediately end up on the COVID list because he gets COVID, and now he's back on it now. At some point, that puts your job security in yeah. jeopardy, especially yeah. when you're not playing well in between all that. You're not helping your team. And you see the reps, and you hear last week, Sean decided very frankly, because he got asked, like, why is why is Kyrus Tonga playing more than Andy Goldman? Well, he basically said, because he's the better player at this point. Yeah, yeah. And that damning a seventh-round rookie. By the way, it's a good pick for Ryan Pace. You can get a seventh-round rookie already. I haven't looked at the seventh round. He's got to be the best seventh-round pick in the NFL for this year. Um. But it still doesn't make you feel that much better about Eddie Goldman and no the season and his contract. Yeah, so contract another, he signed. Yeah, another guy who could be on his way out. All right. Well, uh, speaking about guys possibly on their way out, this is kind of a good transition to um, what you and I both wrote this week. Synergy, synergy. Little little inside the job uh, for our listeners. You know, sometimes you. I mean, it's not surprising people are coming out in, you know, those of us that cover the team with like Matt Nagy evaluation stories and Ryan Pace evaluation stories. And like Dan Weeder had the big piece in the Tribune this week, all that. It, we've gotten to that point, right? So, but it was, uh, I've been working on this Ryan Pace thing for weeks and apparently you had been too. And then like <laughs> it comes out uh, the other day and literally, I just, I just texted you, you mother effer. <laughs> I think my reply was LOL. <laughs> I, I told you that, that my Ryan Pace story had been in the in the works for a little bit. It was supposed to run the day after Wacky Tuesday, but Wacky Tuesday just changed everything. Yeah. Yeah, then it was... I mean, it would have been a good time to have like a lengthy Matt Nagy evaluation after Matt, uh, Wacky Tuesday. Yeah. But Wacky Tuesday wasn't about Ryan Pace. No. So, no, it's all good. Kind of was, but yeah. You know, and, and in the end, I mean, what's cool is that um, they're both kind of the same concept, but different approaches. And you know, I think I, we, I think we both generally, if you go through, and if you haven't read, Johnsy's on the Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Go check it out. You should read it. Mine's on NBCSportsChicago.com. Um, I went into like a little bit more in depth in like the specifics of the drafts, right? And trying to use my grades over the years to try to figure out. It's a hard thing to quantify, John Z. It's like how good of a drafter you are. And and also, unless you're going to do what I did in my story, like that process for every single NFL team, like how Ryan Pace compares to the rest of the league is also kind of a hard thing to figure yeah. out over the last seven years. Um, my conclusion, and I encourage you to go check it out for like a little bit more in depth, like, He's his drafts are maybe not as good as some people think they have been, but then again, I think a lot of people also think his drafts just suck because the first round picks haven't yeah really the, panned out. Not as bad part. as some people think they are. Yeah, so it depends uh, on how you look at it. I, I think you'd be surprised to see that the Patriots have actually had a few bad drafts. Oh yeah, past, at least during the Ryan Pace era, like it it, it happens. Um, I I just think the the whole evaluation is so layered. Um, I do think it does come down to. Him only having one winning season, only two playoff appearances. But at the same time, again, like if you expect the Ryan Pace to walk in here and start winning in 2015, then you had the wrong expectations for your team. 
Yeah. It starts with Ted Phillips and George McCaskey. That roster sucked. Like, they spent the first two years kicking guys off the team. Well, and that's an important point you bring up, and again, why I think this conversation always comes back to George and Ted. And whichever way we go into it, it always comes back to George and Ted because they did Ryan Pace a disservice by presenting their expectations in a completely unfair way. Because remember, when they fired Mark Tressman and Phil Emery, they came out and said, oh, we think we can win. And that roster was garbage. Another argument for those who say there should be somebody at the top who's a football guy. Because if you had a guy at the top who's a football guy, it would have known the roster was garbage. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd have a Theo and Jed situation. <laughs> where, where, where they literally tear it all down and do their best to build it back up. If, I heard if, a if story. If you don't follow me, that's the Cubs. But yeah. yeah. Well, I think, yeah, okay. People know got, who the Cubs are. We got people who listen in, you know, like... England. I don't know if they know Theo and Jed off the top of their head. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair point. Uh, they probably do, but um, uh, probably not. Speaking of uh, Vic, actually, right there, I heard this story that that Vic used to joke that that roster they had was worse than an expansion team. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. he's on record saying like we have to start well, yeah, from He came zero. out. Yeah. He, he came out and said like it was. Uh, they weren't built for anything. <laughs> Yeah, he said that was the quote. We weren't built for anything. It's a, it's a fair point. So, no, I, I I think that, and that's where I think both of you, both of us, in our stories here, I think, just lay it all out there, right? Like you presented it. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. But if you're going to, it is a little unfair to just like take his full record, Ryan Pace yeah. now. And be like, this is the record. This is the winning percentage. Even with John Fox, and I put that in my story. Like, John Fox. Sexy. Is the (laughs) second worst coach in Bears history if you just go off a winning percentage. Abe Gibran is the only worst. Only one who's worse in winning percentage. But that is on. No one's going to say John Fox is really the second worst coach in Bears history. Um you know, he wasn't a great coach, but you know, but we know he's we know he's not a bad coach. Like he's he's right. one places, boy. Yeah. And quite frankly, as bad as that was, he still had a positive impact on the culture and helping flip it from what was here with Mark Tressman and Phil. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the John Fox it's not even fair to be like first of all, the John Fox hire doesn't even fall completely on Ryan Pace, nor should it. Because he was kind of heavily, he may have had final say, but heavily influenced to make that hire. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but even then, like, it actually wasn't a bad hire for what the Bears needed at that time. Now, where the mistake was made is they should have made the move in 2017. Right? Yes, they have a coach... And GM in lockstep for the quarterback evaluation. They they figured that, that out. That could have been a better checks and balance. Yeah, they, 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 they should have made that move a year earlier. I don't know if Ryan Pace even had the power to make that move if he wanted to. Quite frankly, after two years, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. If he did, he should have made the move a year earlier because going through a, a quarterback search and not... If you go through a quarterback search like that and you can't communicate because you don't trust the head coach in place, you got a problem and you should fix that. And that also happens to be the year that the Rams hired Sean McVay and the 49ers hired Kyle Shanahan. So 
that's where things start, I think, to shift in a wrong direction. But there's so many, there's so many things, Johns. I mean, you could say like Roquan Smith, good pick. Quite frankly, the last four drafts, despite not having two first round picks in there because you trade the Cleo Mack trade. He's done a pretty good job. The yeah. drafts have trended in the right direction. Roquan Smith, David I would, Montgomery. I would argue that Leonard Floyd is a good pick. The problem with Leonard Floyd is he's having his best seasons. And this, these are my exact words. He's having his best seasons playing for another team in the conference. Like same, that lacked a little bit of foresight. Same with Adrian Amos. Like you extended it, you extended Eddie Jackson, you let Amos go. He's been a better player in Green Bay. Yeah, as I think he has more interceptions than Eddie. Four Jackson. more interceptions than Eddie Jackson. Yeah, six to two. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, there's way too much for us to go through on this podcast. If you read both of our pieces, though, you're going to see it. Um, to kind of fast forward to the end, to me, it comes down to John's. If you're going to just go off the path. So if you're going to fully evaluate the last seven years, there's a very strong argument you should fire the general manager Mm -hmm. and move on. Hasn't been good enough. If you're going to, though, project, which is what you do anytime you hire a new guy, right? You don't really have, you have their past performance wherever they've been, but you don't know how they're going to perform as a general manager because most times you're hiring a guy who's never been a GM before. That's usually how it happens. So there's always a projection here. And so if you're going to actually take what Ryan Pace has done recently and say, can you project this for a better future? Well, then the Justin Fields pick has to carry a lot of weight. And quite frankly, as much as people have turned on Ryan Pace and are just done with them, if you're sitting there, you're one of those people, and you're unwilling to give him credit for somehow landing Justin Fields with the 20th pick, because that was the original pick they had, then you're not looking at it fairly because he does yeah. deserve credit for that. And you know what I hear a lot now is that the Bears lucked into Justin Fields. Yeah, it's not. Luck. I hate it. no, it's not luck. So okay, yes, some luck was involved. Teams had to pass on on him. The Panthers, the Broncos, they had to pass on Justin Fields. The Eagles had to pass on Justin Fields. The Giants, but he didn't fall to number twenty. <laughs> you know what I mean? He didn't just no. keep falling. They had to trade up to get him, and yes, you could debate Ryan Pace's the value of him trading up. But for quarterbacks, in most cases, you have to trade up. You do, yeah. It's just it's just how it works. Um, there is luck involved, but they did not luck into him. There was a lot of work that was that that was done to facilitate that luck happening and having that ability to move up from twenty to eleven. Yep. And I was told this immediately after the draft. I've been told it again since. This week's opponent, the Minnesota Vikings, they like Justin Fields. They were talking to the Giants, too, at number 11. And there's a lot of people who believe that Justin Fields would be wearing purple and gold right now if the Bears hadn't done that. So now you have Justin Fields in your division playing him twice a year uh, if you don't pull off what you did. Vikings took a quarterback. They did. Kellen Mond? My guy, Kellen Mond. I don't know how that's going to work out, but they might have to pay uh, Kirk Cousins another $100 million guarantee or something. To not win on primetime. We'll get into that later. Oh, yeah. 
So uh, check it out. There's a lot there. There's it's 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 really nuanced. It's it, there's really no way to look at it without going into like extreme depth. And even after John's, I published the thing. There's like little things that popped up, like Tariq Cohen's extension. I didn't even put in there. Like there, you, yeah. There's more and more that keep coming through your head that needs to be analyzed, and it's all fair. So in the end, I think my conclusion right now, and I don't know how you feel, Johnson, but my conclusion is. If the Bears decide to move on and hire a new general manager, um, and something else that's in that story is that uh, I've been told that they've already started doing that homework as they look at a lot of different options. That's the big question. How far up is the change change going to go? But part of what's going on right now behind the scenes is there is actually some feelers being put out there to figure out who who would be a good option to replace Ryan Pace if they go in that direction. It's not a for sure thing. But that's starting to happen behind the scenes. And, and my conclusion at this point, like when you look at all of it, is if they change the GM, I'm not going to argue with it. Like I, I think there's enough there that you you can do that. I, I wrote at the end of 17 when I wrote a similar piece, Ryan Pace will ultimately be judged by who he hires as his second head coach and Mitchell Trubisky. And neither of those worked out. So, yeah, Justin Fields might save you, might give you a new life, but at the same time, to go back to that four years later, I think it's justified. I do also, as I laid out, and I think you kind of did in spots too, there is enough good there that if they look at the situation in Arizona with Steve Kime, who got to hire a third coach, draft another quarterback, survive the DUI, or Tom Telesco, with the Chargers, got to hire a third head coach, landed Justin Herbert. They kept him around. I also think that there's enough evidence there that it's 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 justified, especially as you look at what Ryan Pace has done with the facilities and you want a new stadium because you can't F up this new stadium. You just can't. And you can't F up Justin Fields either. So, yeah, you, this is very... What happens over the next month is just so huge for this franchise. You know, if there's one lesson you can learn from the Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky experience, call it that, is that coaches will say, people will say certain things to get jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is my concern about, like, hiring, like, firing everybody and cleaning house. Like, there's always going to be people who line up for these jobs, and they're going to tell you that they believe in Justin Fields. But do they? A year or two later, do they? I thought we saw... Did Nagy really believe in Trubisky? Yeah. How did that play out? By the third year together, he brought in Nick Foles. Just saying. Just saying. Then you have the continuous change. and Man, if the Bears mess up Justin Fields, podcast the 1,000 of Hogan Johns would be on fire. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get to 1,000 then. Yeah, it's true. I hope the franchise will get to a thousand. Seven fifty. Bears will be building a new stadium in Gary, Indiana. Man, <sighs> let's not go down that road again. All right, should should we dive into this game a little bit? Sure. All right. There is a game being played. Hopefully, Monday night at Soldier Field. Monday night football. Man, you watched that game last night. The Chiefs and Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> You're like. Oh, Monday night is Bears Vikings. Yeah, I will say with Justin Fields, there is a little bit different energy to it. A little bit, but yeah. When, 
but but with all these injuries and COVID issues and other illnesses, it's just who are they going to have out there? Like, just don't get the kid beat up. That's your goal. Remember Try last year, when don't get Justin Fields hurt. When the Vikings beat the Bears last year, uh, on Monday Night Football at Soldier Field, that was when things were like at its absolute worst offensively. Nick Foles was starting. Rashad Cower on that O-line. The O-line was terrible. Nick's just chucking it up. Offense sucks. Cordell Patterson returns a touchdown, a kickoff return for a touchdown, which is um, the only reason why the Bears were really in that game. Uh, so it's like even with Justin Fields, I just I don't know how it plays out differently if all those guys are out. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Well, anyway, let's talk about it. Arif Hassan covers the Vikings for the Athletic. He's always got really good insight. Good follow on Twitter. We bring Arif in to talk about this game. All right, Arif Hassan is a Vikings writer for The Athletic. We've had him on the podcast before. You can follow him on Twitter at Arif Hassan. That's A-R-I-F-H-A-S-A-N-N-F-L on Twitter at Arif Hassan NFL. Thanks for jumping on with us uh, as we try to sort through uh, 29 Bears players that are, uh, missed practice yesterday. They don't even know if they have a roster for Monday night, Arif, but it sounds they, like they, the they Vikings They don't have do. coordinators for Monday night. Man, who <laughs> needs coordinators? Matt Nagy is doing everything, literally everything for this game, so we'll get ready for that. Yeah, after uh, after all the drama this offseason about how the Vikings are the least vaccinated team in the league, about how their most important players weren't vaccinated, uh, I find it kind of interesting, not like instructive or anything like that, just like the universe works in weird ways that, you know, the Vikings might benefit from the way the COVID rules are working right now. I would have never anticipated that like in a million years, given how much time was spent talking about like the crisis that the Vikings were inevitably going to go through because of how poorly they were handling, at least how poorly the players were handling it. But yeah, the the Bears injury report was long. And then I realized that didn't include six of the players that got on the COVID reserve list. That's nuts to me. Yeah. It, it, I guess Kirk Cousins' plexiglass is working. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's nailing the plexiglass. They, they got to get some of that at Hal's Hall. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I guess. Let me, uh, speaking of Kirk Cousins, so let me start off with uh, a Kevin Fishbane fun fact. And let's see who you got. So, rookie quarterbacks, Bears have one in Justin Fields, are three and nine against Mike Zimmer in his career. Mm-hmm. But Kirk Cousins, is three and nine on the road in primetime games. So, Uh-oh. who do you got on Monday night? <laughs> oh man, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would say that Cousins, because he's on an upward trajectory on that one. I believe he won his last Monday night game. So obviously, one's a trend. <laughs> well, he won, they, they won at Soldier Field last year. Yes, that was yes. his it's first true. one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that the the tiebreaker goes to Cousins, um, or rather, the tiebreaker goes to Mike Zimmer's record against rookie quarterbacks. I think that that that's gonna that's gonna come out ahead. I mean, he's done such a remarkable job frustrating rookies and and second year quarterbacks too. Yeah, I mean, you know, this came up when the Bears went on Monday night against the Steelers, and quite frankly. Um, Justin Fields did enough to win that game, but this is a much different situation with like I honestly do not know who's going to play offensive line 
as we record this. Uh, yeah, because it's three starters that uh, two have an illness, and then what? The other one is Jason Peters. So who knows, right? Something like that. Yeah. Well, Peters is probably definitely out because he's got a high ankle sprain. Larry Borum is on the uh, COVID list. Tevin Jenkins and James Daniels were on the. They were the ones that were ill. Yeah. With something besides COVID. So. Um, and Jenkins was also like just awful on his debut last week too. Maybe Jermaine. It it doesn't matter. It's it's a uh, it's going to be a mess. Yeah. But well, uh, the the good news is that the the Vikings pass rush is is extremely neutered, right? Because uh, they don't have the starting two edge rushers that they began the year with, uh, Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin. Um, and they've had to move a defensive tackle out to defensive end, Shelton Richardson, which has worked out a lot better than you'd expect given that like Richardson is not quite Chris Jones or anything like that. Um, but the other the other edge rusher uh, is probably DJ Wanham is probably going to start. And he's, he's been less than spectacular. So um, I, whoever is playing tackle for the Bears, uh, which I looked at, I looked at like the third string backup. It's a made up name. I've never seen that in my life. Uh, probably uh, probably uh, Lachavia Simmons. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Lachavia Simmons, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. Uh, of made up names. I like that one, actually. But um, well, they signed a they signed a DB named Thedarius uh, Keys, which I'm pretty yeah, sure is straight Pete. straight out of that that uh, Key and Peel sketch. Yeah, skit. no, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like that his nickname is Bo Pete. It has nothing to do with the name Thedarius. It's perfect. But, well, Achavius' uh, nickname is Pig. Oh, that, okay. Well, see, see, I, the Bears are doing this right. Then, yes. I think. Yeah, getting an all name team together. <laughs> perfect. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, Why not? the <laughs> right. It's perfect. <laughs> Uh, the the pass rushing quality that the Vikings are, are bringing to bear is, is fairly poor, especially because uh, though they are returning their top two defensive tackles, they are nose tackles. So um, I, I don't know that that's going to do a lot. Zimmer's found a way to generate pressure in these situations. He did it against the Steelers. Um, so there's going to be some opportunities there. But if you were to like pick a game, right, that you were going to lose out on three, four defensive ta- or offensive tackles, this might be it. I mean... There's no game where it's good, right? But I think the one where they don't have their edge rushers is probably a better one for that to occur in. I mean, you would just imagine this is where he just, you know, puts those linebackers in the A-gaps and comes after Justin yeah. Fields and tries to confuse them, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, especially if there's going to be um, some movement uh, at the guard position, right? If James Daniels doesn't have the ability to go, you can kind of confuse and work with the the lack of communication that might be present there. Yeah, certainly. I mean, that's what um, that's what Zimmer's been doing the last couple of weeks, and uh, as a response to to this problem with uh, not being able to rush for is is putting those linebackers up, putting Harrison Smith up. Um, they they'll show nine players at the line of scrimmage, which is just so bold. Uh, even even though he's been doing it for years, I think in the modern NFL, given how comfortable teams are with quick passing over the middle and and taking like one step drop, deep throws and stuff like that, showing nine at the line of scrimmage ready to rush um, has been effective. And it's also been a way to get, you know, those four, even if you're only sending forwards, it's an effective way to get those four uh, into favorable matchups. And one of the sacks that they had on Ben Roethlisberger, they only sent four, but they showed seven, I think, at the line of scrimmage. And uh, the protection was confusing enough that uh, Najee Harris uh, ended up blocking somebody who was already being double teamed. And so Shelton Richardson got through untouched and ended up getting a sack. So 
Um, and you know, that's, that's a, that's an offensive line that has Ben Roethlisberger calling the protections, which is uh, a significantly better situation than having a rookie. Now, mind you, he had a rookie center with Kendrick Green, but still, um, not having, having a rookie back there who is a little bit unused to calling NFL protections. Um, that's one of the reasons Zimmer has been so good, uh, against rookie quarterbacks is, is forcing them or the center to take over the game and call protections. And he knows what a center sign of uh, light, uh, line of sight is. And it, that is a dangerous fact, right? <laughs> Knowing what the center can see. So what's Mike Zimmer got at stake here in these last four weeks? Because this team has been really hard to figure out, this Vikings team. I mean, you watch them, you see talent, you see, you know, they're not bad, and yet they go lose to the Vikings. They have four games left. Two are against the Bears. Matt Nagy, for all his faults, five and one against the Vikings mm-hmm. since he got to Chicago. Uh, but these are games that, quite frankly, the Vikings should win, these two games against the Bears. So, I mean, what's the temperature right now in, in Minnesota with Mike Zimmer? Yeah, it is It is so difficult to figure this team out. You're right. I mean, they they beat the Packers. They beat the Chargers. They got within one point of the Cardinals. They got to overtime with uh, with the Ravens. I mean, they've, they've taken it to some really good teams and have gotten, you know, some really good leads against those teams. Then also... You know, they, they lost to the Lions. They've had um, some pretty bad games against some pretty bad teams. I mean, this is a team that that should be taking care of business. In theory, if you're competing with some of those other teams, should be taking care of business against the Lions, against the Bears. Uh, and, uh, and they can't help but play these close games. They lead the league in number of close games played. They've only had one game outside of one score. Uh, and uh, and they're, they're, they're gunning for the NFL lead, which I believe is is 14. Uh, for the most number of games with, within one score. Uh, and the fact that that's occurring, regardless of opponent, is weird. And I, I think that the fact that that's happening in a year where Mike Zimmer is, is you know, trying to save his job uh, is, I think, even more important because, you know, the players are playing hard, but, like, that doesn't matter if you're not executing. Uh, and, and a lot of these situations are not uh, executing, especially because they're also the only team to have created a six plus point lead in every single game that they've played wow. uh and so for them to lose those leads in basically every game um is is even more frustrating what do you identify if you have to list a couple reasons like why is it Kirk cousins not converting a few third downs here or there is it the, the defense like you said with the the attrition up front you know so some older guys um maybe not having the talent like they used to what do you think yeah, I think that um, if you were to like construct like a hierarchy of fault yeah. or something like that, I think the defense would be at the top there. Um, especially, I mean, the Vikings have the worst two-minute defense in NFL history, as far as we can tell, going back to um, when we can determine, you know, the play-by-plays and stuff like that. So you go back to like 1999, I think is the earliest you can go. Um, the Vikings at the end of the first half have allowed more points per game than any other team. Um, and actually by a fairly substantial margin, too. That's like 702 teams. Uh, and the distance between first and second is also the distance between second and 33rd, just the distance between 33rd and 333rd. So uh, it is it is an enormous distance how much they are allowing in the end of halves. Um, and so that's a big part of it. They've had a couple of injuries at cornerback, but uh, primarily I think it's the deep it depleted defensive line and just the fact that the cornerbacks that they do have, even when they're healthy, um, are either getting confused or they don't have the athleticism to keep up or or whatever. But it, it, there is an element where the offense just hasn't been able to build on leads because, you know, you get 
um, a two score lead in the first quarter and you see that gradually whittle down. Yeah, of course, it's on the defense, but also it's on the offense for not continuing because, you know, you can't expect to shut out every game. Right. And so if the offense is not taking these leads and expanding them, you know, there's a little bit of that. I think primarily the issue is the defense, but certainly, you know, uh, Cousins is issues on third down his issues in two minute drills. Um, The fact that so many teams have had opportunities in the final two minutes of the first half. You know, part of that's on the offense because they have had a lot more three and outs this year than, than you typically see. And, and and that's despite the fact that Cousins, for a lot of these games, is actually playing fairly well. So sometimes it's a receiver drop, which is like it's tough to blame receivers when they're this talented. But sometimes it's a receiver drop. Uh, you know, sometimes someone's running the wrong route. Sometimes Cousins doesn't really, you know, he throws it short on third down when, when it's like third and seven. He throws it two yards and for some reason that doesn't convert who knows um but yeah it, it's there's a there's a confluence of factors the surprising thing is the one thing you generally can't blame is the special teams which is typically been a thorn in the side for the vikings but this year has been fairly good this is interesting man just an interesting team because you look at mike zimmer he's the one with what teddy bridgewater sam bradford mm-hmm. kirk cousins who i think's a, a good quarterback but nothing special Right, yeah, and then you, then you look at like Zimmer's career, just like every bad year, if you want to call it, like last year where they go seven and nine mm-hmm. is usually followed by a bounce back good year. But mm-hmm. I guess there are four games remaining for for them to yeah, get that the, bounce the back. Bounce right? back is still technically he's like he's made the playoffs every other year, and yeah. so th- this is the year that he's supposed to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's 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 weird, but like yeah, he's he's succeeded with. Uh, I think his starting quarterbacks have included Matt Castle, Teddy Bridgewater, Sean Hill, uh, obviously Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, uh, and now Kirk Cousins. So for him to have, I think he's something like a 580 record. At one point, it was 600. Um, I mean, that's real. That's talent. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a lot of capability to be able to generate a lot of wins with that with that quarterback group. Like I think a lot of people remember, you know, hey, it's it's him and Cousins that are tied together. But he had, he has had five other quarterbacks. Uh, and and none of those quarterbacks uh, people consider to be particularly good. I mean, the next best one is Teddy, right? And so uh, his ability to generate playoff appearances and a lot of wins it, it speaks to his coaching talent. But, you know, people are kind of it's almost like a Marvin Lewis situation. If yeah. You can't advance in the playoffs. I mean, it's great that you're getting there, but then what? And so that's the frustration. But I, I think he's fundamentally a good coach. Sometimes it could be time for a good coach and a team to part ways, and they'll make that decision at the end of the year. I think if they don't make the playoffs, there's a very high likelihood that Mike Zimmer's gone. Yeah, eight, eight, eight years, right? This is eighth year? Yeah, this is eighth and, year. I got to say, got to give him some credit, though. Like, Case Keenum, like, he came in off the bench for Sam Bradford, right, Adam? And, yeah. like, beat the Bears. And he had a pretty good year that year. Uh, Sam Bradford had, like, the, didn't he, like, break a record for completion percentage against the Bears? In Minneapolis, one year, like like he's maximizing these guys. Well, they've out. had well well coordinated offenses. I, I mean, I, I don't yeah. know if you disagree, Arif. I mean, it seems like it from from my perspective. What what Shermer did with uh, Case Keenum right that year that was mm-hmm. Shermer, right? Yeah, and uh, which is why they tried to run it back in Denver. That didn't work. Um, yep. and, and then you know, obviously Stefanski gets the Browns job, yeah. you know, and jury's still out there on the head coach, but things have been okay. And obviously, you know, he had success. So, I mean, they've, um, I think the bears would take the Vikings offense. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they take her cousins, but they take the offensive <laughs> system. <laughs> I, yeah, for sure. Well, I think, I think fields would probably thrive. There are systems that are better for fields, but I think he would thrive in, in, in the Viking system, the way that they um, make it a little bit easier for quarterbacks to make some of these deep throws. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We should even go through with a pick, but uh, <laughs> given what the Bears have, but uh, what do you think it happens Monday night? Um, I mean, the the weird thing about the like all of those players could conceivably return by the time Monday happens, right? Which is which is kind of crazy. You take a look at that, but um, I think uh, with all those players, the Vikings were something like a four point favorite or three and a half point favorite, something like that, and I would easily take that without those players. Yeah, I mean that that's like a starting receiver and and, and a backup. That's like the starting tight end. It's the offensive line. Um, that's a bunch of DL depth. Um, I, I would say that that pushes it past a touchdown. So. Um, I, my, my pick a couple of days ago was something like 24, 20 Vikings. I, I guess I would adjust that up to, to something like, um, you know, 27, 15, some crazy score happens somewhere that, that turns it to 15 always happens in Vikings games. So, um, that's, that's kind of where I am. Makes sense. Us too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, careful, Jonathan. You might be playing Monday night. Yeah. yeah. Call him. Call me up. I need you to play, play safety or something. Arif, uh, appreciate the time. Always great insights. And uh, again, our listeners should be following you on Twitter as we get towards this game Monday night if they aren't already at Arif Hassan NFL. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. This episode of the Hogan Johns podcast is presented by the incredible Helix Sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection. They have mattresses designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. My kids have them. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in just under two minutes. Then your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. You should see it come out of the box. It's pretty cool. Helix knows there's no better way to test out your new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they have a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique. Helix knows that. Everybody sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. They have models with memory foam layers to provide pressure relief if you sleep on your side, and others that cradle your body for support in stomach and back sleeping positions. They also have enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. I took the Helix Sleep Quiz and I was matched with the Midnight Lux mattress because I wanted something that felt just right because I tossed and turned all night long. Helix helps stop that. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Adam and use code HELIXPARTNER20. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Go to helixsleep.com slash Adam. Use code HELIXPARTNER20. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, Adam. I'm back with three big questions. I don't have Kevin doing this for me anymore. Yeah, with the weird voice and stuff he does. <laughs> what? 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 He always does like this weird deep voice, and he doesn't have a deep voice. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah question he number cha- one. Oh, yeah. question one. He does. <laughs> he, he does do no, that. Don't care. Question one. Can the banged up Bears defense stop Calvin Cook? Can anyway, anyone stop him? <laughs> uh, who cares? 
I mean, in all seriousness with the question, like who's playing for the Bears on defense? Um, <laughs> who's playing? Like Dalvin Cook, outstanding running back. Her cousins can still throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. They move the ball. like. But like, what's going to be on the field? Who's calling the plays defensively? I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit not too long ago, but like, man, this just seems like a mess. I mean, it is a mess. Where's my list here? All right. So if Eddie Jackson's out, probably have Deion Bush playing. Because remember, you don't have DeAndre Houston Carson anymore either. He's going yeah, on IR. Yeah. So uh, Deion Bush plays there. Uh, Artie Burns. Is Deion Bush still on the IR? No, he played last week. That's right, he did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Artie Burns, if he's out, because he's on the COVID list right now, then you got Kendall Vildor. Oh, hit my favorite soundbite, please. You got it all queued Everybody's, up? No? Oh, yes. I don't know if I have it queued up or not. I know what you're talking about. We need another effing quarter. <laughs> there you, there, Is that there it? you go. <laughs> yeah. Pretty uh, good. Yeah. Um. So, Eddie Goldman out. Then you're talking about more Kairos Tonga. Um, man. The glasses are back on again. I mean, yeah, right. Devin Cook's going to run all over the Bears. Mario Edwards, although he's been out. He hasn't played well either, yeah. I'm just going off the defense right now because that's what you brought up. How do you stop Dalvin Cook? Oh, and Tonga's out right now. He's got the other illness. And he's got a shoulder injury, according to the injury report, too. I think Roquan plays. Akeem Hicks, at least, is back full practicing. So I, I got to think Akeem Hicks. just a walkthrough. Yeah, yeah, you would think he plays. Yeah. Um, But Xavier Crawford's still out with a concussion. So Duke Shell. It sounds like Duke Shelley and Jermaine Effetti are going to be rushed back this week. I shouldn't even say rushed back, but... I, think it's- I forgot Jermaine Effetti's still on this team. I know. Well, I don't know that he would have ever been brought back from IR, except for the fact that yeah. both tackles are sick right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jermaine. <laughs> I'm being serious. It didn't seem like Effetti was ever going to come back. Like, I, I don't know the full dynamics of what's going on in terms of like who's at Hallis on, who's not. But in the past, some players on IR have just like left, yeah. gone. Well, the team I mean, kind of tells them, we're, not, we're done with you. Like Kyle yeah. Long. Yes, yes, Kyle yeah. Long. Um, Willie Young, I think, was one like yeah. that too. Um, did like Jermaine Fetty have to come back to the state? <laughs> I mean, this is one of the things when past years when we have locker room access, we can kind of see when those guys are just like their lockers are yeah. not completely emptied out, but mostly emptied out, and you just kind of know they're not coming back, even though their locker's still there. Yeah. So uh, we don't have that access right now, so I don't know. But anyway, if Fetty's back, I think he's probably going to start at right tackle. Unless Larry Borum can come back by Monday night. Uh, Duke Shelley, who has actually been your best nickel corner, he'll be back. Well, I, don't, I shouldn't say he'll be back. It sounds like they got it. it he has to be back. Like, it, it's, yeah. you, like, you just need players at this point. So, All right, question number two. Sorry. It's okay. That's depressing. It's kind of actually fun trying to figure out who the hell is going to be on the field. Let's set some over-unders here. Over under on Justin Fields touchdowns and over under on sacks on Justin Fields. I'm going two and a half yeah. on touchdowns, three and a half on sacks. Well, I'm gonna take the under on the touchdowns. It just two two sounds like a good number. Yeah, I just I don't even if they're really this banged up. How are they gonna even score? 
The Vikings secondary gives up a lot of fantasy points to wide receivers. I know that. Just like Arif was telling us, man. They, yeah. they have the worst two-minute defense, and they give up big plays. There's missed tackles. Yeah, I trying to go over two on this question is hard. Sacks, I'll take the over. You could set it higher than three and a half. I'll take the over. Oh, man, if, you, if that happens. There's going to be a couple blitzes where you're like, oh, get up, kid. Probably. Question, yeah. question three. Will Matt Nagy call the plays? And if yes, will he give them up in the final three games? We talked about this briefly in the open. I'm all for F it Matt Nagy. Like, like full on, do your thing. I'm all for F it Nick Foles. Like, I, I like, like if you just want to sit Justin Fields and have Foles go out there this week and just sling it around, I slice How's it and dice it. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. Oh, the, the good old days of slicing and dicing third stringers. Slicing and dicing the third stringers. That was just August. Those were the good old days. Uh, I mean, this is a hard question. I, 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 I yeah, we don't is, know anything is, about laser and. I, I I will say like unless the new protocols that got changed facilitate a quicker comeback, like Nagy didn't get cleared. Nagy found out Monday he tested positive. He wasn't back by Sunday. No, he wasn't. So I'd say there's a good chance Nagy's calling the plays Monday night. And if things go well, I think he probably holds on to them. The rest if of the there's season. one thing that we learned from the end of the Mark Tressman era is that there's still more storylines to come. Oh, yeah. There's and four this could more be games. One. Yes, there's four mm-hmm. more games. Let's not forget that Jay Cutler was benched in favor of Jimmy Clausen because Mark Chaspin thought that Jimmy Clausen would run his offense better. Yeah, That was the second-to-last game of that season, 2014. But four let's more also, games this year. Yeah, let's also not forget some of the storylines that have already happened. I mean, if you go back to when they changed play callers, it seemed like Justin Fields was sort of hinting he liked Bill Lazers. Yeah, the patience. Remember that? Yeah, he was talking about how, how it comes through his headset. There's Cal- calmness, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think at this point, the quarterback has a lot of say over that, and and rightfully so. But yes, you're right. There's some things that could still come down the pipe here in these last four weeks. All right. Well. Bold predictions. ESPN, 7-15, Monday night football, Vikings at Bears. Uh, at the time, this line is five and a half, I guess. It's probably going to keep going up, depending on who's out, who's back. Yeah. This, this line could flux. I'm surprised it's on the board. I'm going to stick with my bold prediction of Cole Komet finally scoring a touchdown. Okay. One of these weeks is going to hit. Just has to. Just keep doing it every yeah, it's the definition of, of insanity, but at this point, what the hell? Okay. Cole Komet scores a touchdown, and the Bears will lose 27-20. to 20. Okay. Vikings cover. Scored 20 points, huh? Uh, even though he is on the illness list, not the COVID list, but he is among the players ill right now. I'm going to say that Jakeem Grant scores another touchdown this week. Third straight week with a touchdown. You going to specify? No. Okay, just scores. Could be 
could be Paul, he could be he could be playing Nickelback for all we know. Devin Hester won. Remember that practice where Devin Hester was like playing corner? Yeah, yeah. Remember when Troy? Remember Troy Brown, the Patriots receiver? Yeah. When when he played uh, um, Nickelback, right for the Patriots one one game because they were so banged up. Remember Josh McCown played uh, slot receiver for the Detroit Lions. I don't remember that. That yeah. happened. That happened. Google it. When? Like after he played for the Bears or before? No, before he played with the Bears. Yeah. After See, I'm here Cardinals. for this stuff Monday night. Yeah. Let, let, like just randomness. do it. Yes. Yeah. Like let's make this a fun like flag football uh, backyard game. Yeah. To keep Grant's fast, put him at safety. Cover a half the field. I like that. Um, okay, here no, but here's what I really want to see. Maybe this will be my bold prediction. I like this bold prediction better. They've been running all this wildcat crap. One of these times they're gonna throw the ball to Justin Fields. You see him coming off the line sometimes. He jukes the crap out of the wide receivers, even though they're not even throwing him the ball. Like it's the opposite of Jay Cutler, who just stands there like a mannequin. Oh, yeah. Jay wouldn't even move. <laughs> no. His hands on his hips. No. Justin's getting like a clean release. Swim move. Fade route. That's my bold prediction. Justin Fields catches a pass. Okay. Lock it up. Okay. What's your pick? You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I don't know. Vikings cover. Whatever the line is, whoever's playing, Vikings cover. Okay. What about you? I oh, you already my did. Pick. You did. Thanks for paying attention. Yeah. Sorry. I, uh... <laughs> You're not listening, Chris. Yeah, I'm not. And my name's not Chris. All right, NFL Network. I uh, got to remember there's Saturday games this week. Is there one or two? Or is there just one? There's two. There's two. There's two. Okay, so set your fantasy lineups and you know get your gambling bets in and all that. 7-15 Saturday night. This is a good game. Patriots at Colts. I'm not the Colts' favorite. I'm going Colts. Okay. I feel like the Patriots are in luck is going to run out. Um, I'm not going to do that. I think the Patriots are on a roll. I think they're well coached. And they at least find a way to cover this two and a half since the Colts are favored here. I mean, the Colts are also on a roll, but yeah. It's hard to go against what the Patriots are doing right now. So, um, all right. Fox noon Cardinals at Lions. Forgot to, uh, Hit a fun soundbite here for you guys. No, don't care. Fine. Fox Noon, Cardinals, Lions, 12 and a half point underdogs. The Lions are to Arizona. Man, uh, bad news for the Cardinals, huh? DeAndre yeah. Hopkins out. Um, thought they had a serious Super Bowl run in them. That's going to hurt their chances, but they don't need them against the Lions. Um, Cardinals win. 12 and a half is a lot, though. All right, Lions cover. Cardinals still win by double digits. Yeah, I agree. I think I think um, I think Lions cover that, even though the Cardinals will definitely win the game. I was a math major. I wasn't actually, but CBS noon Titans Steelers. This is a pick 'em. Give me the Titans. They're just a better team. Yep, same. Yeah, I think um, I think you know you know well done. It'd be well said. 
CBS, 305 Bengals at Broncos. Broncos, a two and a half point favorite against a Bengals team that's hard to figure out sometimes. I just wanted to give uh, Vic Fangio some love here. That's why I put it on the list. He's doing a, a darn good job. Defense is still good. He's got a good young running back. Teddy Bridgewater playing okay. Not bad, Vic. Not bad. They're like a perfect team of being a quarterback away. They should have draft, drafted Justin Fields. Oh, they'd be dynamic. Like, more so than any team that passed on him. Yeah. They're going to be in the market, right though, for, for uh, a veteran. Whatever veterans come available, though. You know it. Oh, you mean you mean this guy? F*** you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yep. That guy. That'd be a good fit. That'd be an awesome fit. Especially because he'd be in the AFC then. Yes. The Bears would love that trade. He'll help Vic Fangio make. Can the Bears send a first round pick to Denver to like help make the trade? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like if you need yeah. to give up a first round pick, we're not obviously not gonna give the Packers Why a first round pick. A, yeah. But if you give your first round pick, you know, then we'll just give you ours and then we'll, you know, help help get yeah. Aaron Rodgers out of uh, you know, out of yeah, the we'll get the Lions on the phone. I'm sure they feel the same. They'll sure. throw a second. Go Bears. Just get them out of there. Yeah. The Bears don't have a first-round pick. No. I'd trade a whole draft. To get but again, everybody did. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. But again, they don't have a first-round pick because they traded for Justin Fields. Just needed to remind everybody of that. Yes, which was not a bad move. Nobody's going to complain about that three years from now, unlike the you know the other quarterback move that, that was made. Um, As far as this game, give me the Broncos. Winning by a field goal. Uh, sure. Bengals are tough to figure out. They are. I, uh, yeah, okay. You know what? I'm going to take the Bengals. Okay. After all that. Since they're getting since they're getting the two points. So, I'll go Bengals. Nice. Hey, they can call me whatever they want with that FanDuel money they got. Yeah. Holy smokes. Hey, FanDuel. Yeah. What up, FanDuel? Give us a call. Fox, 325. Packers at Ravens. It's a good game. Late afternoon. Is Lamar Jackson playing? Uh, I hope so. He's on my fantasy team. So they're getting five and a half? It, I, Let me check. I, I don't feel optimistic about Lamar Jackson playing at this point. In fact, the line the line reflects that he's not playing. Got to go Packers here, don't you? Yeah, Packers by a touchdown. Even if Lamar plays, like this Ravens team is just not tough to figure out. They're not that great. Remember, I I said that. Remember the week the Bears were playing the Ravens. I and I was going. I think I did pick the Bears to win that game, even before we knew Lamar Jackson wasn't going to play. Turned out to be wrong. Because it's the Bears. But the point was that the Ravens were a flawed football team. And I think our guest from Baltimore we had on that week came out and said that, basically. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll take the Packers all day in this one. Yeah, Packers by a touchdown. F*** you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's all the games that we're going to pick. There you have it. Um... We are not doing a podcast Monday night, right? We're going to do it Tuesday morning. Should we tell everybody that? Is that the plan? I believe that's the plan. I don't know if we had uh, 
finalize that, but it makes sense. Uh, uh, we are expected to have Kurt Warner on the podcast Thursday morning. So we and he's calling the. I'm sorry, Tuesday morning. Get with he's it. Calling the game, uh, I believe on Westwood One on Monday night. So I think we're just gonna have him on the next morning. Get the full reaction. As he breaks down Justin Fields and what's he what he sees. Um, you know, he had a great breakdown last night. Just real quick before we get out of here. Uh, there, did you see that Mahomes pass on fourth and one at the goal line where he just like threw a duck right in the ground? Yeah. Um. Everybody was like, "Oh, he didn't get his hands on his lace on the laces." And Kurt Warner came out on Twitter and was like, "It's true, but if you really look at this play, the ball so so the guy was in motion. He came across the formation." It's a timing thing because you're basically just trying to beat the uh, yeah. corner to the other side. It's basically the same concept the Packers ran with Devontae Adams uh, on uh, Sunday night against the Bears. So that ball needs to be snapped right after the motion guy goes past the center in front of the quarterback because he's in shotgun. And like Kurt Warner was the only one who pointed that out. The ball didn't get snapped until the receiver got like way out past the tight end. Well, now you only have like this much room to operate before the receiver gets all the way to the sideline and the corner catches up. You know, so the so the, the real problem is that the ball was snappy. Not that because if he snaps on time, he probably has time to get the laces and make an accurate throw. So that was really the issue in Kurt Warner of the Hall yeah, of Famer why, pointed it out. Yeah. That's why he's a Hall of Famer and that's why he's gonna be on this uh, podcast. There's a movie about his Tuesday. Wife. Well we're gonna talk about that too, the movie coming out. I think we might actually be able to see be able to see it this weekend, buddy. Yeah. Before we talk to Kurt Warner. We'll see. We'll let you know how it is. I'm excited for it. What's this Sean Payton movie coming out? Oh, I saw something about that. With Kevin James. What the hell's that all about? Is Ryan Pace in it? Uh who's playing Ryan Pace? Who's playing Ryan Pace? Hold on. Let's think about this before we close close out this podcast. Let's seriously think about how about uh, Ryan Gosling? Because the hair. They got the hair thing going. Okay. Hmm. I think that's a candidate. Like I would say even the the, the, the actor that's play it's playing Kurt Warner, the Shazam actor. I'm drawing a blank, but you gotta have the hair. Although he didn't have that hair back then. Who? Like Pace? Pace. Remember oh, he had yeah. that, like the flat hair was not stylish at all? Like he got stylish in Chicago, wasn't that stylish in New Orleans. Well, because he saw my hair. Sure. You always say I copied Ryan. Ryan copied me. Sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, I don't think anybody would want Kevin James to play them. Yeah, in a what movie. is that? It, it, it's and, like, a, and, and even <laughs> like Kevin James would play to me like Kevin James would play uh, maybe Bill Parcells or uh, um, like a heavier set. Yeah, I'm trying to be nice about this, but yeah. Semi-funny. Not Sean Payton. No, no. It's weird. I don't know. I'll probably watch it. <laughs> Who's going to play you in your uh, Notre Dame High School movie as we celebrate? Uh, Notre Dame season? High School movie? Um, I don't know. Notre Dame High School movie. How about your cup-kicking movie? <laughs> I wish there was video of it, man. Would have gone viral. 
would have gone viral. All right, we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Glad you're feeling better, my man. And uh, thanks, hopefully man. we'll see you Monday night. It's the plan. I'm sorry you have to attend the game, but yeah. You might, I might just, just like I might, might just, just want to be sick for a couple. I might days. just hop on the Kennedy and be like, ah, no. <laughs> I'm turning around. You know, uh, I don't know if I'm out of the protocol yet. Not feeling quite right. Yeah. Might Ouch. need to. You got your taste back? <laughs> no, it's going to come to fruition. Yes, I could taste some things. Nice. Smell some things. Nice. That's, That's progress. Good. Still haven't tried the coffee yet, but it's coming up. All right. Uh, read us, NBCSportsChicago.com. For me, Johnsy, on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. I should mention, obviassurance.com. If you're still looking for gifts to give some people for yourself, uh, we got the Hogan Johns sweatshirts, the hats, the winter hats. It's all up there. Check it out, obviassurance.com. We're on YouTube. YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the notification button. We will go live uh I'm not this week, but you know, some of this news probably drops in the next couple months. I would expect some spontaneous podcasts. Make sure you hit that notification button so you get that uh, when you know we do go live. It'll be there for you. Uh, all right, we are out of here. We will be back after the weekend and the Monday Night Football game Tuesday morning, I believe, is the plan with Kurt Warner. Can't wait. We'll talk to you then. See ya.